Well, I'm glad I got a book that's going to be right tomorrow, too. Amen. Always has been, always will be. Thank the Lord for that. And uh, thank you for that song. What a blessing. Let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, help us as we uh, get into the message now. Give me the words to say. Give me clarity of mind. And Father, help us all. Lord, a lot of things probably this week we've got planned and things we need to do and have to do. And Father, just pray that you help us now just kind of set things aside and listen to the Word of God here today. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I really believe, and, and what I believe is according to what the Word of God says. And in my Sunday school lesson here, I was talking with the folks, and I said about, you know, a lot of people have this idea, well, I think. You know, I really don't care what you think. What matters is what does God say? Because sometimes I've said this, well, I think this would be better, and found out it wasn't. You ever been wrong before? Some of you are sitting next to your biggest mistake ever, amen? But uh, what happens, we've been wrong before. Sometimes we, we, you know, we, don't, we don't know things as really they should, should be, but there's something I believe, and I believe with all my heart, and, and that is this, that there is a change when we get saved. There's a change. Again, I, I don't like you know, change. I like doing, I, I, I get into routines. I get really messed up if I... If I go about getting ready in the morning a little bit differently, you know, I, I, I have just, I don't know what it is, I don't know what you call it, maybe just goofiness, I don't know, but uh, I, I have a certain way I do th- certain things, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't like change. When, I cha- when something gets changed, all of a sudden it throws me off. And, uh, and so uh, I, I don't like change that way. I don't like change of Bibles, Amen. I, and and I'm, I'm not talking about different versions. I'm talking about even getting a new Bible. I said to my wife this morning, my Bible's fallen, fallen apart. I've had this belief for many years now that this is my last Bible. Uh, this Bible's going to last me till I die. And I'm still living. <laughs> and it's getting wore out. And don't get any idea. Don't go buy me a new Bible. I don't want a new Bible. I want this Bible here. And, and some of the pages are starting to fall out and getting a little frayed on the edges there. That's okay. And uh, some, some of my notes are covered up and, and, and things, but that's all right. But uh, I, honestly, I, I got a little paper in the mail, and it, it was about where you can buy these Bibles from this place in uh, Michigan. And, uh, and beautiful, beautiful Bibles, large print, which I need more than large print these days, and uh, I, uh, I look at, uh, I, I think, boy, that would really be nice, but you know what, I don't want to change. But sometimes we need to change, like your socks every day, <laughs> right? There are some things we need to change once in a while, you know, change oil in your car. Change comes about. But you know, when we get saved, a change happens in our life. I believe that, not because somebody said it one day, but what the Word of God tells me here, there's a change. And the change is a direct result of God working in our sinful souls. You know, the Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, well, how many people have sinned? Everybody sinned. The Bible said there's none righteous, no, not one. Righteous means perfect. Nobody's perfect. And since we're not perfect, we've all sinned. And, and so what happens, we're all sinners. And what happens when we get saved, we become a child of God. But, but we still have this problem about that sin thing. But God performs an operation on us when we get saved, and he makes someone spiritual out of someone who is lost in their sins. A spiritual operation. 
You know, when this operation is performed, it's, it's done, it, it were changed in many, many different ways. I jotted a few things down. I believe this, we become a member of the family of God and now children of God. I'm glad, you know, people say, sometimes say, well, you know, we're all children of God. Well, to be a child of God, you've got to be born in the family. You know, my children are, are those five kids that were born into our family. I can't say everybody's my children. I thank the Lord you're not my kids. Amen. But I, I, you're not my, my children. My children were born. And for us to be a, a child of God, we need to be born again. So when you got saved, you became one of God's children. What a blessing that is. You know, I, I'm thankful for my, my, my mom and dad. They're both in heaven now. But I'm thankful for them. I always thought, you know, my mom was the best mom and my dad was the best dad. And uh, uh, I, I, I thank God for them. But you know I, why? Because I was born into that family. They are my parents. When I got saved, I got born again, born into God's family. And now I am his child. So that's a change that happens in our life. We're also taken from the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of light. Again, I like light. I don't mind darkness in the morning when I wake up. I like it to be dark and just finally for it to get light. I don't know if you got to see this morning when the sun came up, the sky was beautiful. At least it was at my house. And it was like pink and purple and yellow. I don't know. I'm colorblind. It could have been green. I don't know. But it was a beautiful sky as the sun came up uh, this morning there. And I, and I thought, you know, thank the Lord for the light. I'm glad for the light. I'm glad I don't live in darkness. Darkness is tough to get around in. Darkness, there's so much that you don't know what's happening. But thank the Lord for the light. So when I got saved and when you got saved, we became a child of darkness to a child of light. Also this, our attitudes changed from one of fear and despair to one of hope and promise. Before I was saved, I was worried about dying and going to hell. I, I, I would say, but I think, you know, I go to church and I'm all right. But I still, back in my mind, and I lay in bed at night and think, what if I died? I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I'll tell you what, on August 11, 1971, when I asked Jesus to save me, I no longer worried about that anymore because I know. So what happens at that time, that, what, what happens when I get saved, when a person gets saved, there's a change and no more fear and despair and the hope and the promise that God has, had, has for us. You know, I look at our world today and our world's a mess, but I still have hope and, 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 I, and, I, and I also I have hope and promise that everything's all right in my father's house. You know, it might not be everything all right in the White House or in the Capitol building, but everything's all right in my father's house. No need to worry. He said, Preacher, you may go through some hard times. We do. But I have that blessed hope, that wonderful promise that he's coming again. That blessed promise that when we're saved, we're to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. We're no longer destined for destruction, but we're, we're placed on that path that God put us on and uh, that he has for us. I'm glad, again, I think that goes along with the other one, that there's no, no fear and despair, but we're no longer destined for destruction. I think we can kind of put it this way, too. You know what happened? We got saved. It was like we died. And we didn't physically die. We're all still alive. The Bible says it's pointed unto man wants to die. We're all going to die someday. But we know that it's kind of a picture here of what, what happens. We, we, we died, but then what happens? We came alive. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. But now I'm made alive. You know, the, I think about when we baptize here, when we bring, just the other week, we baptized four of the little girls from our church and young ladies. And uh, when we baptized, you know, what, what, what does it say? Buried in the likeness of his death. death. 
raised in the likeness of his resurrection. There is that life. So what it is, baptism is a picture of salvation. It is not salvation. There's no special water in there. It's the same water that's at the drinking fountain back there. Same water we wash our hands with in the bathrooms. It's that water. That water does not save us. But that's a picture there of the death, of burial of Jesus Christ, but also us dying and coming alive because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We're made alive through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look with me to Romans chapter number 6. Just a few pages before where you're at there in the book of Romans in chapter number 6. In verse number 6, and I'll be back here in Romans 6, so if you want to stick your finger there or just kind of keep that spot too. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 6, the Bible says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should, excuse me, we should not serve sin. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, uh, uh, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof now look at verse 13 neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God so what he's saying there that, hey, listen, when we got saved, it was like we got, we were born. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter number three, he must be born again. The spiritual birth. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. When we trust Christ as our Savior, now we are alive. And, 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 and so now that we're alive, there's a change in our life. We change from death unto life. And that, all that change is done by the power of God. We are not changed from death into life by what good works we do. We're changed from death into life because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So the, the work is through the power of God. But it's also apparent, I believe, and what God expects is for the change that he makes for us from being a child of Satan to a child of God. From one that was dead in our trespasses in sin and one now that is alive under Christ. God made that change by his blood. But then he says this. He says, I want you to change yourself. You say, well, you know, do you mean that I can, I can do enough to be good enough to go to heaven? No. You know, Jesus, the Lord said to Peter, he said about, about him being converted. That was an interesting word. The word converted means to change for the better. An improvement a change that we can use to benefit others as well as self. Converted. I think, I think what, what God is trying to show us there is this. And, and Peter had, had been saved. But he was, God, the Lord was looking for him to be converted. In other words, for, that, for there to be more change in his life. And when you get saved, you're going to go to heaven. If you've been saved one second or you've been saved a hundred years. 
But the thing is, that after saved is that what John talked about, being born again. Then there is the growth, the spiritual growth of our life. And that comes by being converted. I'm not an electrician. Anybody electrician in here? Anybody? Nobody's electrician. So whatever I tell you, you're going to believe it, whether it's true or not, aren't you? But I think some of you, Ryan, you know a lot about electricity, don't you? He's not an electrician. He doesn't work on furnaces either. But, uh, uh, well, he does. He just keeps working on them and working on them and working on them. These will never get better. But uh, he'll never come fix mine, will he? But after that one there. But, but you know, there, there's such a thing as electrical converter, right? You've heard that before, haven't you? Even you ladies, you know what that is. Yeah, I heard of that one before. So there's electric converter. And that means to change, or, or converted means to change for the better or an improvement. But electrical converter or a transformer converts or transforms electrical voltage to a higher or lower voltage as may be needed. Did I impress you with that? Some of you right now saying, man, you're so smart. I'll have you come fix my electricity. You know, I'll have you fix my... No, you don't want me to mess with it. It's not so hard for me to read what I had to look up. But the thing is, that, that, that transformer converts or transforms electrical voltage to a higher or lower, lower voltage as may be needed. And what it does, it benefits those using electricity. So the electricity is there, but there is that transformer that needs to make it all that electricity that is available to them to be useful. A power converter or an inverter can be plugged into your car. Now, you know, the cigarette lighter, and you Christians, don't, we don't need that, do we? And uh, whether you have a cigarette lighter in there, you can plug it into the car. In fact, I think nowadays you could probably plug it into a USB port, too. I'm impressing you with all these big words I'm putting out at you, right? But you can plug that in, and with an inverter, you can plug it into your, into your car, and it'll change the 12 volts DC, which is your car, into 120 volts AC. Ryan, am I doing good? Ryan, he shakes his head, yeah, that's right. If I was wrong, he'd shake his head right. But, uh, but, but in other words, it gives the capability of plugging many different household things. If you, if you had one of those inverters in there, you can, ladies, you could bake a cake in the front seat of your car. You could plug that, plug that inverter in there and then plug your, your mixer into it and it would work. You can get you an easy bake oven and plug it into that and it would work and you can make a cake in the front seat of the car. I'd rather you do it in the house, amen, next to the table I'm going to eat it at. But the thing is that you could, that is available, but the power is there, but there needs to be a change for that electricity to be usable. Change must take place for those things, those appliances I just mentioned there to be useful. And unless that change is made, the power in that car is there, but if you don't use the inverter and don't get that, 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 that voltage changed, it's going to not produce anything in that car. When we got saved, we became a child of God. Now, God wants to have things produced in our life. The power is there for us to be useful and functioning for the kingdom of God. I believe that as a, and as a part of the family of God, God wants their change to take place. And I believe there was that big change that God made from death unto life. And, and, change, the, the, and, and the thing about change is this. May I be very clear about this? Change 
does not make us saved. Say, preacher, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to change my life. A lot of religions today has this idea that I will make it to heaven if I do all these good things. No. Change does not give you salvation. You can change everything in your life to that which is right and good. But we're still tainted with sin. Change comes about because of salvation. For instance, God talked about being dead. What's a dead body do? Nothing. Dead body does nothing. And now what happens, it can become made alive. I can't do that. You can't do that. But God can. God made us alive spiritually. Now we're able to have, we have the power. We have the opportunity now to do it. But here, here's what we've got to do. There's got to be some changes in our life now. Not for salvation, but because we're saved. I can't get saved by being good to everybody. But I should be good to everybody because I am saved. I, I need to be a good dad. Not so I go to heaven. But because I'm going to heaven, I need to be a good dad to my kids. You see, change makes a difference. Many things will change when we get saved in our hearts. I'm glad it does. I still remember the day I got saved down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I asked Jesus to save me. At that time, I was dating my wife, which wasn't my wife then, but you know what I mean. But I was dating her. And at the camp, the girls stayed on the one side, and the fellows stayed on the other side. And I got saved that night at about almost midnight, so I hadn't seen her. And that morning when we got up, and there, I, I still, still remember you standing there. And uh, I, there's, there's a sidewalk there by the, by the chapel and uh, the tabernacle, they called it. And, uh, and, and as I'm walking, I look and I see her standing there. And I, I was so excited because there was something different. I got saved. And I was so excited about telling her that I got saved that day. And she was so happy about it. And, uh, 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 but I, but I still, still remember that. You know, I, I, that change was inside. But then she was also able to see a change on the outside. But the first has to be the change on the inside, and that's what God does. The change on the outside is what we've got to work on. You say, God changed me. God said, I did. I made you alive. I've given you the power. Now some things you need to change in your life. You see, you know, the wonderful thing about Salvation. The change comes on the inside, but the fruit will ch the, the fruit of the change will be seen by others. Have you ever seen folks sometimes when you looked and you thought, you know what? They look like Christians. There was something about them that made me think that. The other day I was we were at Walmart. Well, my wife was in Walmart, I was in the parking lot. And I'm sitting there and watching people walk around, and I look, and I, you know, you say, well, you shouldn't judge. And I, I know we shouldn't judge. We, we do about all different kinds of things. But, but I was looking, and there was, a, there was a couple come out of the store, and I looked at them, and I thought, you know, they just seem to be, honestly, I am not, I'm not having a vision or anything. I don't have visions, all right? But it almost, to me, it was almost like a glow about them. 
And I thought, and I looked at them and I thought, you know what? I, I, they look like Christians to me. That was kind of a weird thing to happen, but I, I said, they just look like Christians to me. I wanted to walk out and say, you know, what church do you go to? And I probably should have done that because they, they looked like it. And they walked over to this pickup truck. Now, you know what I think about the different things on the trucks and cars and that, but they had one of them fish on the back, undercover Christian. And they had that fish on the back, and I'm like, I'm thinking, how about that? That don't surprise me. They're also from West Virginia. Everybody down there saved, amen. <laughs> but, you know, you think, I, I looked and I thought, oh, you, you know, I believe this. When we're saved, it'll be seen. There'll be the fruit of it. Do you, ever, do you, ever, do you go up the road, you folks who go up Lock Mountain Road, when you get up there and you make this first turn and you get up to that next turn and you start back to the left again and there's that big white farmhouse there, look at those two trees. They're full of apples. You say, preacher, you know it's an apple tree. I do. Do you know why? There's apples on it. Isn't that amazing? Look, the leaves, most all the leaves. You notice when you go home and after this rain, there's probably even less leaves. You drive up there to, on the way home and you look and you're going to say, look, at there's those trees. And the, most of the leaves are off of it there, but it's loaded with apples. And you don't have to go and find someone that, who's a person that knows trees? What's, what's that, what are they called? Horticulture? You know what I'm saying, all right? That word you just said, all right? But what happens? You don't have to get someone and say, examine this tree. Let's take a piece of this. What happens? You can just drive by and know it's an apple tree. Why? Because of the fruit that is seen. If we're God's child, the fruit ought to be seen. And that happens because of what took place on the inside when he saved us. Next month... As Halloween, I hate Halloween. I think it's of the devil. I don't understand. I I don't understand why people want to decorate their houses and their yards with death. Some of those same people I've driven by. I've been in the area long enough to know. I've gone past houses where people fell apart and cried and wailed when someone died in their family. And then when it's Halloween, they put all. It's almost like they put all the parts of those bodies of people that died and they celebrate it. I don't understand that thing. But you know what's going to happen on Halloween? People are going to dress up. They're going to dress up as a ninja. But they're not. You know, you dress up like a cowboy. Don't make you a cowboy. Right? You can dress up as anything, you know, whatever you want to. That don't make you that. That's a costume. It's dress up. It's not real. You know what the, thing, the sad thing is today? There's a lot of folks that are dressing up like a Christian but never been born again. Oh, preacher, I go to church all the time. Preacher, I'm good to my family. I treat my wife right, treat my husband right, treat my family right, my kids right. Well, I'm a good neighbor to everybody. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, it is not by our goodness that we're saved. It's by the grace of God that we're saved, the blood of Jesus Christ. But here, here, here's the thing. We may act like a Christian, but that don't make you a Christian. Some people have the idea that everyone's a Christian if they're not a Jewish person. They're non-Jew and then there's Christians. No, that's not true. 
be a Christian, you've got to be born again. Sometimes Christians act like, or, or people act like Christians who've never been born again. Just as much as that, that costume does not make that, that person what they dressed up to look like. Acting like a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. But when you get saved, you're changed from a child of Satan to a child of God. So if you're truly saved, you're on your way to heaven, it's already set. Then God said, now I want you to be converted. I want you to be useful. I want the change to be on the outside. I want people to see what happened inside. Go with me back to Romans chapter number 6. I told you we'd be back there. Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 16. Romans chapter 6 verse number 16. The Bible says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are, ye are, to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that we, now notice this, we were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of what? Righteousness. So if you notice back there in verse number 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Before we got saved, that's what we were, the servants of sin. You say, but I tried to do all the good things I could do. But you couldn't do good things because we were lost. And so, God says about yielding ourselves. I thought, you know, it's very interesting there what he said in verse number 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey. You know, the question we ought to say, all right, first of all, if, are you saved? Do you know for sure you go to heaven? You say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. All right, here's the second question. Who are you yielding yourself to? You see, it matters who we yield ourselves to. Either to the Lord or to this flesh. This flesh wants to do things it shouldn't do, doesn't it? We all have that problem. This old flesh, you know, our, 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 we, we, want, we want to do what's right, but our flesh is what holds us back so many times. It gives us so many problems. And I think, you know, the, the, what we ought, to, we ought to ask ourselves, who am I yielding myself to? All right, preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm going to heaven. All right, now I ask you this. Will you live like who you are? The power is there. Now be converted and let God use that power that God's given there to make that change in your life, to make a difference in other people's lives and the work of God. The God, God used the Apostle Paul in a mighty way. We talked about it in our Sunday school lesson. Talked about it in Wednesday nights too, in Corinthians. But in 1 Thessalonians, we found that God approved there uh, 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 Paul and, and, and had him and used him in a mighty way. God used him mightily, but God God. God uh, 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 worked on him and proved him and tested him in his life. He had been saved. Remember on the road to Damascus, he got saved. Then God said, listen, I want to, I want to use you. Now, here, here's what has to happen. There needs to be some changes in your life. 
The Apostle Paul quit obeying the old flesh and started obeying the Lord. And God blessed him and used him. You know what God wants from us? He wants us to be yielded to him each and every day. Now you say, preacher, does that mean we'll stop sinning? Oh, I wish we could. Don't you wish you could just stop sinning? But the thing is, we still sin. But the thing, the thing about it is, it ought to be an occasional thing, not the way it always is. The apostle said too, the apostle Paul, he said about, remember the things, he said, things I shouldn't do, I do. Things I shouldn't do, <laughs> I, I do. And things I should do, I don't do it sometimes. Now the apostle Paul was not going on and saying, you know what, hey, I'm saved, I have a license to sin. Sometimes people say that. Well, you believe once saved, always saved. Then you just go out and do whatever you want to. No, God said, I want you to be converted. I want you to be, I want, I'm, you're saved now. I want you to have fruit in your life. You think about this, that's an apple tree up there. But it could be a time where it never has apples on it again. I've had all kinds of trees in my yard. And now I have hardly any trees in my yard. I had some plum trees. A man gave me some plums one day and I thought, oh, those are good. I want some more of those. I planted two plum trees. You know what I grew on those plum trees? Leaves. Never had any plums off of them. You say, what'd you do with them? Pulled them out. It was useless to me. I had some peach trees. I did get a few of them, but then I didn't get peaches either. And I got tired of all the leaves and no peaches. Pulled them out. How much time you got? I got a bunch more trees I did too, all right? But I, those trees, you know, they're, to, they're to bring forth fruit. You know, the, the psalm says he plants us by the, uh, the rivers of water. And, and, and he wants us to bring forth fruit in our life. What happens? We got saved. He plants us. Now he wants us to produce fruit in our life that will benefit other people in the work of God. The fruit of conversion will show itself in many different ways. One of them is our attitude toward God and man changes. You know, how important is God to you? You know, lost person says, I don't care about God. I want God when I get married and when I die. You know, when you get saved, you want God more than that, don't you? Attitude changes. Your attitude get about man changes too. Our hearts are easily touched by the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Boy, I thank the Lord for how conviction he brings on our lives sometimes. Amen. And it touches our hearts. There'll be a readiness to sacrifice for the Lord. For things we wouldn't do. I mean, think about it. A lot of you would have been out at the parks and out. Well, you wouldn't be fishing today. Would you? Yeah, fishing in the rain is not bad. It was amazing how many people would go fishing in the rain, but they won't go to church in the rain. Huh? You do what you want to do. But you know, when you get saved, there'll be a readiness to sacrifice for the Lord. And there'll be an inclusion of God in every aspect of your life. Praying to Him and listening to Him. You know, our minds are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Bible says. About being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And our minds have been changed when we got saved. Before we got saved, our minds took whatever path they wanted to take. Now that we've trusted Christ our Savior, you know, there's... Still, we look at that other path and think, maybe I want to do this and fulfill the lust of my flesh. But yet there's that other path that God's put you on. You say, I want to do what God wants me to do. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Romans 12.2, what we're talking about, Be not conformed in this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, when you got saved, you start thinking differently. And I'm glad for that, aren't you? I'm glad I think differently now. Now I have hopes and trust and confidence in the Lord. You know, you know, you know, you know what our problem is sometimes? We used to put our hope and trust and confidence in, in things that we could say, see and know and uh, uh, in our own powers and our own abilities. But now I realize I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. I can't do all things myself. But I can do things through Christ, oh, plugged in to the power. And I can do those things. Financially, we trusted our earning power, our banks, our credit history, and our luck. And now we know that God will supply our every need. Now, does that mean that I sit and do nothing and just say I'm expecting God? No, I ask God to help me as I serve him i ask god to help me in that job that i have in the investments that i have i understand you know we need god's help on those things but my faith is in him physically we trust our own muscles our own abilities perform our vitamins and our exercises and everything you can think of but now that we're saved we also we put our faith and our trust in the lord and know he'll take care of us spiritually we trust in the in what we thought. Since spiritually people didn't believe in hell or heaven. Or the consequences of their actions. But something happened one day. He got saved. He got born again. Went from death. Unto life. Now you're plugged into the source of the power. Is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not myself. It's not everybody else. It's in the power of the Lord. You know, when I stop and I think about it, we were so wrong when we were lost. And we realize, I think this, even after we get saved, we realize how much we need the Lord. All the time. All the time. You see, when you get saved, there's a huge difference. And I understand that, you know, the Bible talks about the, you know, people just been saved are babes in Christ. But there is something about a babe in Christ, the Bible says, they desire the sincere milk of the word. There's that desire there of what? Of growing. To get the nourishment. Not that they stay babies, but that they might grow. And God wants us after we get saved to grow. For there to be a change in our life. Change is not salvation in what we do, the change. The change what God did when he saved us. Brought us from death unto life. But now that we're alive, there needs to be some changes in our life. The Apostle Paul, did he change after he got saved? <laughs> he was putting people in prison. He was terrible. He was a bad, bad guy. 
changed his life when he got saved. Zacchaeus changed when he got saved, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, man, we could go right down the list of all the different ones. The Apostle Paul, I think one of the greatest examples of that, how that his life had changed so much. Now, he didn't, he didn't grow into salvation. He was born again. And then what happened? He began to grow as he allowed his life to be converted and usable. Like us plugging into the car socket in, the, in, the, in our cars, plugging that appliance in because there's something that changed the current and made it useful. The power of God's there. Will you allow him to use you? You say, preacher, I don't know if I can change some things in my life. Well, you know, maybe if you just trusted the Lord and asked him, plugged into his power. You just might be able to. But maybe you're here this morning, you're not sure of salvation. Not sure if you died, you go to heaven. Say, well, I'm hoping so. You know, this old Baptist church take me to heaven. This old Baptist church won't take anybody to heaven. But Jesus Christ will. You must be born again. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God. And I do pray that each one knows you as Savior, but Lord, we, we always want to give an invitation. And Father, I pray you speak to our hearts. Lord, well, all of us would look in our own hearts today and, and see if there was that time when we got born again, when we got saved. And then, Lord, I pray that each one that has trusted you as Savior, Lord, would look in their hearts and see if there's been the change that ought to be there. Maybe there's some more things that need to be changed. My Lord, there needs to be fruit. On these trees. There needs to be fruit in our lives. If people just like we drive down that road a little while from now. See those apple trees over there. There'll not be anybody drive by and wonder what kind of tree it is. Because the fruit's there. It's seen. And Lord may there be fruit in our life. That is seen. Not to puff us up. But it might be seen. As the power of God what it's able to do in a person's life. Lord, if you can change an old man like, like, like Paul, well, you can change anybody. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I wonder if there'd be someone here this morning who said, Preacher, if I died, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Preacher, I'm not sure of salvation, but I'd like to know that I'm saved. Preacher, pray for me. That's me. I would like to know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Christian, this morning, you say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. I could tell you of a time, a day, a place where I accepted Christ as my Savior. And I know I'm his child. I've been born again. But maybe this morning you'd have to say, but you know, there's some errors in my life. You know what you got to do to a tree to make it have fruit? you got to prune it. That means cut some things off. It'll suck the life from the fruit. Maybe this morning there's some things in your life that ought to be gotten right with God. Maybe you ought to come to the altar this morning and say, God, I need to get some things straightened out with you. Lord, I need to get plugged in like I should. Lord, use me. Use me. As the title of the message was, change. You changed me when you saved me. 
Now, Lord, help me to work on the different changes in my life. And he'll help you do it. God spoke to your heart in a moment of invitation. You come, the altar's open. Father, bless. Help us now. Speak to us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.